Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and every body. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Welcome to Worst Year Ever, a production of iHeartRadio. Before we get started, I just want to make a quick correction from last week's uh, episode on Andrew Yang. Um, I mistakenly said that his acronym MATH stood for Make America Think uh, instead of what it actually stands for, which is Make America Think Harder. I must have left that off my notes. I apologize. It's very different. Um, and and a lot of people let me know. So I thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, thoughts on this new Great. version of his slogan? I... <laughs> That's from Sophie. That's, uh, uh, it, it's listen, a better acronym. It's better. It's a much better. It yeah. makes much more sense than Make America Think. Yeah. Uh, Ma- make America <laughs> Think as math the acronym is not an acronym. It's it, not an acronym. Make America Think Harder is an acceptable acronym. I just don't like acronyms as political. I, I would like things. to, yeah. I, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I still think. I won't adjust my belief that we should not have Make America Anything acronyms yes. from anybody I think it's a little during corny. this election. But uh, I do apologize. I did not intentionally misrepresent now, your acronym. I don't like Cody, slogans that don't have consent. When I yeah. run for president, it my, my acronym is going to be MAN, Make America Not. <laughs> we're just we're throwing in the towel that sounds like a throwing winner in the towel yeah. i might have to reconsider my rule <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the worst year ever we'll get through together or not everything is so dumb 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 Welcome to the worst year ever. We're not going to get through it. Shit. Uh, I introduced this bad, but I'm Robert Evans, and I'm joined, as always, by my dear friends, Katie 
stole Cody Johnston. <laughs> I'm very strung out. I, I just got off of 30 hours of flights. I and I think job. I just cough laughed into the microphone. <laughs> I apologize. This is off to a wonderful start. Yeah, Robert and I are both sick. Ruined. Yeah. Not just six. I think ruined is fair, Katie. Um, forever. <laughs> this really is a <laughs> terrible year. Um, we are not, we're not even there yet. Not even there yeah. yet. <sighs> Maybe I'll have all of but, my um, my immune system will be nice and strong by the time we hit 2020. Because this yeah, is like the third cold I've had in the last couple months. You're getting yeah, I, I, I've been licking the door to a public restroom every day just to build myself mm-hmm. up for uh, for 2020. Yeah, I'm not going to get a flu shot, but I am going to rub um, <laughs> my face on all public services. I, I yeah, find, I find. I'm yeah, feeling we'll, great. We'll just, yeah, it, this is great. I think we're all, as strung out, gross people, ready to talk about Tulsi Gabbard. You know, I can't imagine a, um, a better mindset for talking about a healthy Gabbard. A better mindset, a better physical. Uh, mm. So mm. I, I, yeah. I, I, I wrote 15 pages about her. Um, <laughs> this might be a two-parter. We won't know oh, until we get into oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get through it. Together. I had a Together. lot to say. Or not. Yeah, we Robert had yeah. a lot to say about something. Mm. Shocking. I'm Yeah, this I'm, is <laughs> No, Katie, go on. No, I'm just letting that that 15 pages is still sinking in. <laughs> My yeah. heart sank a bit. <laughs> it's uh, sink into your chair is... and get ready. As Cody said before we started, this is basically a behind the bastards yeah, episode. <laughs> yeah, cool. About Tulsi. Yeah, I'm Gabbard. pretty sure that yeah, Robert's yeah. been waiting to do the, the, an episode of his other show well, about this. I was like, oh well, yeah. might as well wait, do it wait, here. Wait. I have been asked by so many people about Tulsi, so I am excited uh, to have this out there so everybody yeah. can can have a listen. And it was it was written on a long haul flight from Korea, so I was pissed <laughs> off and drunk. Mm-hmm. The entire mm-hmm. time. And you know how many um, times do you get to say that sentence? <laughs> Actually, a lot. A lot, a lot it turns yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, um, this has not been a very pro-politician podcast so far, uh, largely because we're all human beings. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe but I, we I, shouldn't I, have them at all. Yeah, yeah. maybe they shouldn't exist as a thing in our society. Um, I think our listeners are pretty clear that the last two candidates we covered, Joseph Robinette Biden and Andrew Yang, are not our preferences. Sure. Uh, that mm. said, I uh, certainly feel this way, and I think y'all will agree that either man would be an improvement over the current person in office. Um, I don't think Biden's a bad person. I question his competence and mm. fitness, but I don't think he's a bad person. I don't think Andrew Yang is a bad person. I think he's a good guy and pretty smart. I just disagree with some of his policies. Right. I think most of the Democrats running right now, basically all of them are some variation of that for me. I don't like Kamala because I think she did some bad stuff as a prosecutor, but she's a stable human being and I don't worry that she's going to nuke a country at night. <laughs> right. I, I think Buttigieg is a, a kind of a corporate stooge, but I don't think he's going to put children in cages. I can grudgingly accept a presidency from any of the current candidates, although I wouldn't be excited about most right. of them, but I, I could accept most of them as at least an iterative improvement with the exception of one the one that we're going to talk about today yep yeah tulsi no middle name gabbard was born on april 12th 1981 in liloa loa Malputasi county american samoa she was the fourth of five children between mike and carol gabbard the family moved to hawaii when tulsi was two years old and if you're looking for details from her childhood you're not gonna find much her wikipedia has she didn't have a childhood no... yeah i mean she definitely Ooh. did she's she i have she was I have born a woman with a gray streak in her hair Ooh. she's not a replicant uh we did the <laughs> okay. void camp test on her 
Um, and she passed, okay. unlike okay. Okay. one of the candidates that I won't name. Okay. Um, Klobuchar. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it, her Wikipedia has like no de- details on her early life, and the articles that you read, there's very few like actual anecdotes about like her as a child. Um, most of what you'll hear is that she like embraced her Hindu faith as a teenager. Um, and you know, in interviews, like the one detailed piece of New York Magazine I found, she prefers to make vague statements about her personality as a child as opposed to like talking about things that happen. Like with Biden, you get that anecdote about him working as a lifeguard. There's plenty of stories about young Joe Biden, about uh, young Bernie Sanders, about young Elizabeth Warren. It's harder to find that sort of stuff for Tulsi. There's less of it. Um, She tells journalists that she was homeschooled because the schools in Hawaii weren't very good. Uh, And she describes her father as an eccentric Catholic. When she talks about her personal faith, she mostly talks about the importance of love and the aloha spirit, which is obviously fine. Um, She will admit to having been an anxious child. Her sister, Devon, who helps manage Tulsi's presidential campaign and is a U.S. marshal, uh, spoke for her a lot when they were children. Uh, Devon will tell reporters that she had to talk to cashiers and answer the phone for her little sister because Tulsi was too nervous to talk to people. Uh, she was very focused on abiding by the rules and not getting in trouble. So, Okay. It's okay. Kind of, yeah, I relate to that. Yeah, fine so far. Uh, yeah, now, kid, when she kid tells stuff. kid stuff. Um, when she tells her own story, Tulsi basically hand waves her way through a, a youth spent surfing and enjoying her island paradise as a sporty, introverted girl. This is not untrue based on what I've read, but it leaves out a lot of extremely important context. Because you see, <laughs> Tulsi Gabbard grew up in a cult, and it's what? possible mm-hmm. that she is still a member to this day. What? Yeah, not a lot of people talk. <laughs> this is a yeah. real revelation. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 going to be a fun episode, y'all. What's the name of the cult? I love that 2020 and 2019, 2016, just like sort of our general uh, vibe in current days, a lot to do with cults. A lot, lot, yeah, cult, lot of cultic thinking what, these days. What is the name of her cult? Uh, I'll get into that in a little bit. Okay. I want to build to it. Okay. So most of you have at least probably heard, I'm going to guess all of my my co-hosts have heard, of the Hare Krishnas. Sure, Now, yeah. they became famous in the 1970s for having their shaven-headed, robed followers standing around at like airports and stuff to mm-hmm. try to convert people. Basically, like you could consider them like Hindu Jehovah's Witnesses in some ways, in terms of like the way that they were sort of like standing around yeah, books and a stuff lot of pre- and public areas. Presenting themselves yeah. uh, for outreach and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Exactly, exactly. Now, the group was founded by a guru ma- named uh, Bhaktivedanta, who basically took ancient Hindu religious texts and translated them into sort of a pop philosophy that white Westerners could easily grasp. His annotated version of the Bhagavad Gita reads like an instruction manual to life. Avoid meat and spicy food, which causes misery by pro- producing mucus in the stomach, yeah. etc. Uh, you're supposed to chant Krishna's name repeatedly because it brings your soul closer to his divine wisdom. You shave your head bald and you wear robes for some reason. I'm sure there's a justification. Is Tulsi now, bald? No, 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 no. She's not a Hari. No? Yeah, no, she's not. She's not. Okay. Now, one of Bhaktivedanta's most ardent followers was a young surfer dude named Chris Butler. Okay. Chris lived in Hawaii, where he taught yoga and surfed. His father was a doctor and a communist activist who thought the USSR was basically perfect. As a young man, Chris started reading history and became aware that this was not, in fact, the case. Uh, Chris grew instead enamored with Hindu mysticism and very quickly turned his yoga business into a cult. Uh, when... <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> They do translate pretty easily. Yoga, like, yeah, meditation, sure. all that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah. what if we decided this was a cult now? 
It's kind of like how podcasts turn very yeah. easily to cults. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm I am excited for us to radicalize our listeners and get them all voting Kaczynski in 2020. Um, yeah, I'm excited to uh, eventually reveal the real lyrics of the theme song. <laughs> <laughs> just wait, just Your wait, Your instructions folks. are forthcoming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Don't play yeah. the song backwards either. Okay. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yet. Yet. Uh, I'm fascinated. Now, Please continue. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, uh, when Bhaktivedanta visited uh, Hawaii in 1971, Chris folded his small group of followers into the Hare Krishna umbrella in exchange for the title, and I'm going to probably get this one wrong, too, yeah. uh, Siddhaswaru Pananda. Siddhaswaru Pananda. Okay. Siddhaswaru Pananda. All right. Doing my best here. Uh, this basically marked him out as a favored student of Bhaktivedanta and a leading member of the Hare Krishna faith. Um, now, the pairing between the two cults was not perfectly peaceful. Bhaktivedanta had to constantly watch Chris, uh, lest he introduce his own even more bizarre ideas into the faith. Chris Butler, for his part, didn't understand why initiates couldn't wear normal clothing or keep their hair. When the guru died in 1977, Chris spun off many of his Hare Krishna followers in Hawaii into his own cult again. He rebranded the mysticism of Bhaktivedanta into a quasi-scientific self-help movement. In 1984, he published Who Are You? Discovering Your Real Identity which wow. supposedly used scientific arguments to prove that the soul was eternal. So that's nice. Was a turtle? Uh, I- eternal. <laughs> uh, no, eternal. No. Okay. <laughs> no. No. Uh, no. Again, Katie, you are spoiling our cult. Uh, right. Right. Well, like, come on. I just got really welcome to the worst about... year ever. Our souls will be turtles together. Mm-hmm. Is, is, or is, not? Oh, no, sorry. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> get the now, complete uh, thing. <laughs> the, a 1970 issue of the Honolulu Advertiser described Butler as essentially a dictator, um, which is not uncommon for cult leaders, seeking complete control over his followers' lives. At that point, he lived with two dozen mostly female young adults in a Quonset hut. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, now we're getting into <laughs> <right>. this shit. <laughs> Let's cult this shit up. When interviewed, several of the girls around him said that they would happily kill for him. They also described, yep, that's what you want. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. They also described several of his teachings. Quote from these random girls in his cult. <laughs> flowers flowers scream when they're picked. So do trees when they're trimmed. <laughs> Chris saw lots of success with his new teachings. In short order, he recorded several TV specials where he'd dress as a young professor-looking dude and sit on a couch surrounded by students who would ask him questions. I'm going to quote next from a write-up on Tulsi's background in The New Yorker. One of those students was Mike Gabbard, Tulsi's dad, who had been interested in Hinduism since the 1970s. Once he corresponded with Bhaktivedanta, asking for advice on establishing a temple, and Tulsi Gabbard's name reflects the family's pre-existing spiritual commitments. When the Gabbards moved to Hawaii in 1983, they joined the circle of disciples around Butler. Tulsi Gabbard says that she began learning the spiritual principles of Vaishnava Hinduism as a kid, and that she grew up largely among fellow disciples, some of whom would gather on the beach for kirtan, the practice of singing or chanting sacred songs. Gabbard recalls her childhood as lively and freewheeling. She excelled at martial arts and developed a passion for gardening. She was a serious reader, encouraged by her parents. But a number of Butler's former disciples recall a harsher, more authoritarian atmosphere. Defectors tell stories of children discouraged by Butler from attending secular schools, of followers forbidden to speak publicly about the group, of returning travelers quarantined for days, lest they transmit a contagious disease to Butler, of devotees lying prostrate whenever he entered the room, or adding bits of his nail clippings to their food or 
leaving spoonfuls of sand that he had walked upon. Mm-hmm. Some former members portray themselves as survivors of an abusive cult. Butler denies these reports, and Gabbard sa- says that she finds them hard to credit. I've never heard him say anything hateful or say anything mean about anybody, she says of Butler. I can speak to my own personal experience and, frankly, my gratitude to him for the gift of this wonderful spiritual practice that he has given to me and to so many people. Uh, wow. Would... Posit um, that his statement about it sounds like what a cult leader would say. Yeah, and it what, does, doesn't and, it? And maybe what she says about him sounds like what a cult member member would, would say. say about so, it. um, and she, and that was a recent statement that she made regarding him. Yeah. So yes, it was. Ha, it, <laughs> it, it does sound like someone that didn't quite leave. The cult. Uh, yeah, we'll continue talking about that. It's it sure does, Katie, but it's also <laughs> so much weirder than that. I can't um, wait. But yeah, okay. So, uh, it's possible Tulsi's being totally honest there, and she's never heard him say anything bad. It would not be uh, a, a totally new thing in history for a charismatic cult leader to have hidden his worst attributes from one of his beautiful young followers possible. Uh, But there are a lot of accounts of Chris Butler's brutality, many of them by people who say they were present with Tulsi at cult gatherings where they witnessed these things. I bet there are. Sounds like cult stuff. Yeah, Yeah, it sounds like cult stuff. Now, New York Magazine did a great job of digging into this side of things. They talked to, among others, Greg Martin, a former member of the cult who claims he was not allowed to play with other children in the neighborhood. His only social, social interactions were those Sunday worship sessions where the cult members would all gather on the beach in Kailua. They'd wait for hours for their guru to show up. Tulsi's dad, Mike, would play guitar and lead everyone in hours of chanting. Greg said of Tulsi's father, Mike Gabbard, you just knew Mike was a dick. He carried himself (laughs) with dickishness. (laughs) Obviously, that's just one person. Sure, 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 sure. sure. (laughs) He carried himself with dickishness. (laughs) Now, Greg attended numerous worship sessions with Tulsi and her future husband, Abraham, who also grew up in the cult. Tulsi denies she attended any of these worship sessions, for the record. But Greg insists he was there and that she was there, too, and the way he describes them is deeply fucked up. Quote, you're waiting hours and hours for this dude to show up, and then when he does, people go absolutely wild. It's all your family and all your friends singing and dancing and chanting. You're so excited. Chris could be very charismatic, obviously, and, like, uplifting, but he could also be profoundly abusive. Quote from Greg. He would start excoriating people for fucking up, sound systems not working, cups of water not being cleaned, people dressed funny, driving poorly. He would publicly mock people. And when he would do that, that's a form of Krishna's mercy. Okay. Yeah, so that's cult cool. Stuff. We keep... Yeah, yeah, cult stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah. The author of that New York Magazine profile went on to write, Everyone I spoke to who was raised in the group described as children hearing Butler call men faggots and women cunts. One time in Malibu, Greg recalls Butler had passed a man on a beach in a thong on his way to the gathering. Butler then described in graphic detail what that man allegedly wanted his boyfriend to do to him. So cool. these are hippies, and Go- Tulsi's parents are described as being hippies, but they are not the free love kind of hippies. No, this uh, is a uh, dark and seedy type of hippie. Yeah, love, yeah. Aloha, all that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Chris's cult was sexually conservative and wildly homophobic. Uh, he taught that public schools were dangerous, which, again, probably explains why Tulsi was homeschooled. Mm-hmm. The guru himself did not believe in most science. When he traveled, he lined the walls of his homes with tinfoil to block electromagnetic radiation. So, what? Cool dude. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Why, why did you have to do literal tinfoil? Yeah. Yeah, that's where this is going. 
So Chris Butler is not one of those gurus who is capable of being content with a small throng of adoring followers and a pile of money. You know what? I'll say that um, I don't know very many cult gurus that are content with mm. just a small <laughs> following. Uh, you know, Katie, your anti-cult leader agenda has been very clear from the well, beginning, and I know. don't think our listeners appreciate it. I'm sure Called at least gross. one or two of them do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is a pro-cult podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of cults, you know what's not a cult? What? The uh, sponsors of the sponsors show. Sponsors of the show, of course. I knew that. I knew that. I bet mm-hmm. they could be, though, if we uh, wanted them if to. You, I, I, would, I would actually instead say that if you know people who are involved in cults and you buy them the products advertised on this show, they will instantly find their minds freed. And that is a guarantee. Mm-hmm. Okay. A legal yeah. binding guarantee. You can sue us if it doesn't come true. Sophie, can we promise that? No. <laughs> the promise has been well, made. Well, I did. Yeah, the promise has been made. It's too uh, bad buy we the can't cut any of that out. Send them to Tulsi nope. Gabbard to help her. Send them to... Yeah. <laughs> Oh boy, that could get really uh, uncomfortable depending on who advertises with us eventually, Cody. Mm, but not today. <laughs> I, but not today. We don't Products. Know. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through it together or not. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. In just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian cocktail maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get Mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds. Make mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. Everything is so dumb, 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 dumb. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. So... As I stated, Chris was not content. <laughs> I was trying to get a Just, thing going, but it didn't work. Oh. No, it's good. Continue. I want to hear about Tulsi. Yeah, we're back. Yeah, yeah. We're back. Stop, So, guys. like I said, 
Chris wasn't happy just having like a, a pile of followers and cash. And starting in 1976, he started to scheme his way towards political power. Yeah. His cult, which he called Science of Identity, formed a political party. <laughs> Indep- <laughs> Independence for Godly Government. Mm-hmm. They ran candidates in local races without much success. The chair of the party was Bill Pinarosa, the father of Tulsi Gabbard's current chief of staff, Kenoa Pinarosa. Okay. Yeah! Mm-hmm. NY Mag notes that Kenoa had no experience running political campaigns when Tulsi hired him. Butler's wife, Wailana, is a prominent yoga instructor in Hawaii. Abraham, Tulsi's husband, and Tulsi's mother have helped Wailana film her videos. Mm-hmm. So... There are a lot of connections, actually, between the sure Gabbard are. campaign and yeah, yeah still, of the cult. still more than that. Still yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, Butler wanted very badly for science of identity, both to gain political power, but also to become more legitimate and recognized within mainstream Hinduism. Okay. He seems to want very much for his ideas and teachings to influence public policy. Now, Tulsi is very disciplined and tight-lipped about her relationship with the guru and would certainly deny acting as any sort of vessel for him in politics. But when you spell out all of the connections between Butler's people and Tulsi's campaign staff and family, it's hard to not suspect that something might be up. And it's entirely possible that whatever that something is, it's a multi-generational thing. Right. Because Tulsi's father, Mike, the dick, has been politically (laughs) active for decades. When Tulsi was 14 in the early 1990s, he hosted a radio show called... Let's talk straight, Hawaii. Oh, now, mm, I know what he yeah. means by that. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he also founded a nonprofit called Stop Promoting Homosexuality America. Sure, sure, sure. Really, really on the nose. It out wow. there. Yeah. Really on the nose. Now, on his radio show, Mike Gabbard once noted that he would always hire straight people over queer people. Mm. This caused a public outcry, and the family deli, which was located inside a natural food store owned by Chris Butler's cult, was picketed and went out of business. The radio station pulled Mike's radio show after this, but that did not stop him from continuing to battle tirelessly against the right of random strangers to marry. He became one of the faces of anti-gay marriage activism in Hawaii and tried to build a coalition of Catholics, Protestants, culty weirdos, and Mormons to stop the march of progress. Tulsi's first political actions were following her dad around and knocking on doors with him. She helped in his successful campaign to be elected to the Honolulu City Council and his campaign for the state Senate, both of which were successful. In office, Mike Gabbard pursued a dizzying mishmash of right-wing social policy and left-wing environmental uh, regulation. In 1999, after a character on Dawson's Creek came out as gay, Mike flew to North Carolina to lead a protest on the set of the show. Are you kidding me? So he's a cool dude. Yeah. It was his favorite show up till then. Up till then. He was heartbroken about it. Mm-hmm. In 2000, Tulsi's mother, Carol, won a place on the State Board of Education. It might be fair to say that Chris Butler saw the Gabbard family as the most successful wing of his plan to gain political influence for his cult. Now, as she grew into a young adult, Mike encouraged his daughter to turn her love of the ocean into a political career. Tulsi <laughs> ran for her first public office. What? We all love the ocean. It's and in I, trouble. And turning it into a political <laughs> career. I'm fine with that part. If if all she cared about was the ocean, I wouldn't have an issue with Tulsi Gabbard. Actually, we yeah, could use you, a couple of ocean candidates. It's just that taking, sentence made me laugh. It's a very funny sentence, yeah. but yeah, taking literally yeah. like I love the ocean. You should do politics about it. Right. All right. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Sure. It, there's some problems relating to politics in the ocean. Yeah. Somebody somebody could stand to do more about that. Yeah. Get some more now, politicians about the ocean. Yeah. Fuck it. Look into it now. 
Tulsi ran for her first public office at age 21, and this is one of the few parts of her backstory that she will go into detail about to reporters. She claims that running for office was one of the major turning points in her life as an anxious, introverted child. Quote from Tulsi, There was a turning point when I first ran for Congress where I had a realization that this anxiety was coming from a selfish place and thinking about, you know, my own fears and how people are going to respond to me. I don't want to bother people. That felt like it was coming from an inward-looking place, a selfish place, rather than my seeing them as beautiful opportunities to share my aloha. Once I realized that, that changed everything completely. Okay. Cool. Okay. 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 Good now, to overcome your obstacles. Good to overcome. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. In 2002, Tulsi became the youngest person ever elected to the Hawaii House of Representatives. Like her father, she supported a wide variety of environmental issues and uh, socialist issues. But like her father, she was also a socially conservative nationalist. A lot of nationalism mixed in with her socialism. Mm. In 2003, she voted against a bill that would have required hospitals to, quote, provide emergency contraception immediately to rape victims. Her reasoning was that the bill did not include a conscience clause to allow religious doctors to opt out of providing care. In the wake of 9-11, she also supported widespread government surveillance, stating in one speech that the demand for unfettered civil liberties would make America less safe. Mm. Cool. Yeah. I hate civil liberties, personally. Yeah, fuck them. I didn't, now, um, but now I do. Thank you for mm-hmm. growing. Yeah. In, in 2004, Honolulu Magazine emailed Tulsi's father to ask about his ties to that weird Hindu-ish cult thingy. <laughs> Uh, the cult stuff Tulsi, from before. The cult stuff from before. Tulsi replied on his behalf and accused the magazine as acting as a conduit for the Honolulu Weekly and other homosexual extremist supporters of Ed Case, her father's opponent. Later that year, she testified against civil unions for gay people, saying it was dishonest, cowardly, and extremely disrespectful to the people of Hawaii to claim that they that civil unions were different from same-sex marriage, which is, like, kind of right for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a backdoor way of, of making gay marriage legal, but having a problem with that is kind of dumb, mm-hmm. unless your argument is that, no, we should just push for full marriage. Right. Also, 2004 yeah, yeah. is very recent. Yeah, it's, it's, not, not, long ago. it's not long ago. Yeah. That said, she was against gay marriage at the same time Barack Obama was, so. I mean, yeah, she's against gay marriage around the same time most politicians still were. Yeah, so it's one of those things, there's an extent to which you do have to remember where things were at the time. Yeah. But also remember Um, all the other things that have been said. Also all the other things (laughs) that I have said. Yeah. Some radio show stuff, you know, a lot of things. It just seems like they've come from a very, uh, a very homophobic and vocally so family. Yes, I guess my point would be fair. So uh, Tulsi finished one term as a state representative, and then shocked everybody by joining the Army National Guard and volunteering for duty in Iraq. She spent 12 months there as a medical specialist at a logistical support base called Anaconda. Now, that base achieved the nickname Mortaritaville due to frequent insurgent mortar attacks. And also the mortaritas, which were delicious. Yeah, that's a. Um, I like they that only name. served them on Fridays. I don't like the reason, mm-hmm. but clever. Mm-hmm. All right. Good nickname. Yeah. 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 Uh, according to a New York Magazine write up, quote, Every day at 9 a.m., she scrolled through an Excel spreadsheet of casualties. These were American troops for whom she was supposed to organize treatment. That daily task, it left an indelible impression on me, she says. Understanding behind every one of these names is a soldier, sailor, seeing the volume of people paying the price for war. It caused me to think about those who made a decision to start this war. I wondered if they ever thought about these people, their families. That's good. Like it. Like it. That's like. Well, yeah, Yeah. I think one of the things about her that. 
draws people to her. Sure. Yep. That sort of outspoken uh, anti-imperialist, anti-like yeah. regime change mm-hmm. war is just like th- understanding the cost of war and not thinking yeah. it's a cost that's worth it. Um, yeah. Now, that's fair, and it's it's definitely good to have people uh, in politics who were in wars this country waged and understand the human cost like Pete. and aren't all rah-rah about it. That said, it's worth noting that whenever she talks about the human cost of war, she talks specifically about its cost on American mm-hmm. soldiers and mm. American families, and that is very much her focus, and that will become much more relevant in a little bit. Okay. So, by all accounts, yeah, a little bit. Now, by every account I've read, Gabbert was a very good soldier. She deployed a second time uh, to the Middle East, to Kuwait this time, uh, as a military police officer, and she left the army as a major. Once she was clear of the military, her political career took off in earnest. She was elected to the Honolulu City Council in 2011 and introduced a measure to reduce parking restrictions for food truck vendors. Her other major legislative achievement was Bill 54, which allowed city employees to confiscate private possessions left on public property as long as they gave 24 hours notice. What? Now, that's an odd bill. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. The ACLU protested Bill 54, but Tulsi succeeded in getting it passed. Now, today, interestingly enough, her campaign website frames the bill as part of her commitment to combating homelessness, saying it was, quote, concerned with the cleanliness, public safety, and accessibility of public sidewalks for elderly children and the disabled. Okay, so combating homelessness in the fact that we don't want to see that problem around with a detriment to our society. So let's clear it away so that no one sees it. Cool. I hate that. (laughs) I should also add that at the time, Gabbard's political opponents uh, opposed Bill 54 because they suspected it was introduced to allow cops in Honolulu to shut down that city's Occupy protest and confiscate tents Mm. and other property from activists. Now, interestingly enough, Gabbard brags today that the bill, quote, provided a 24-hour notice before confiscating property stored in the public right-of-way, which kind of makes it sound like the purpose of the bill was to mandate that homeless people had to be warned before their property was confiscated, which is a clever way to reframe the fact that she pushed a bill that allowed the police to take homeless people's property in the first place. Right, saying that (laughs) it's introducing uh, a bad idea, but then saying, like, but at least there's a warning, at least we told them. Yeah, yeah, and it makes it seem like oh, the bill was to mandate the warning as opposed to the warning right. just being part of her letting the cops take their shit. Right. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, it's like introducing a, a bench that like yeah. has spikes pop out unless you give it money. Yeah. But then being like, but like we give receipts for the bench. We are allowing homeless people to pay to not be impaled. Exactly. Like, exactly. In Thank May you. of 2011, Thank you, mm-hmm. I love governments. Mm. In May of 2011, Tulsi Gabbard announced her candidacy for the incumbent Democratic seat on the House of Representatives' 42nd district. Despite being seen as the underdog, Gabbard won with 55% of the vote. She immediately set to work pushing for progressive legislation. In 2012, she supported the restoration of the Glass-Steagall Act. She fought against cuts to Medicare or Social Security. She attacked Obamacare for not going far enough and has consistently been an advocate for universal health care. She is anti-nuclear energy, which I personally think is dumb, but is very consistent with most liberal voters in this country. Yep. 
Um, to her credit, by the time she took national office, Tulsi had moved further left on a number of important issues. She now pushed to stop the NSA's bulk collection of data, a significant reversal of her earlier policies on surveillance. She also came around on gay marriage. Now, Tulsi claimed that this was actually due to her experiences in Kuwait, and she wrote this on a blog in 2011. The contrast between our society and those in the Middle East made me realize that the difference, the reason those societies are so oppressive, is that they are essentially theocracies where the government and government leaders wield the power to both define and then enforce morality. I began to realize that the positions I had previously, I had held previously regarding the issues of choice and gay marriage were rooted in the same premise held by those in power in the oppressive Middle East regimes I saw. Now, okay. it's good that she came around on that issue. Yeah, um, yeah that's one thing I... I... Yeah. I like when politicians are actually honest about their yeah, terms. Evolution. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, I used to think this and it was bad, and now I well, think uh, this, uh, and uh, oh uh, no, oh uh, no. Uh, why? See, yeah. why? She turned around on what she thought should be allowed, not yeah. on what she thought Personally about gay marriage. About something. Yeah. And she cool. turned around on what she knows is expected of her publicly yes, right. uh, versus of- what you personally believe is right versus wrong. Yeah. Now, she also turned around on abortion rights and received an endorsement from Emily's List during her 2012 cool. run. I do want to state that. And taken on the surface, this is all laudable. Um, I, 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 I think, you know, you have to give people a lot of leniency when they grow up with parents who are sure. crazy extremists. I have a lot of respect for people who um, can make honest change. But as I kind of hinted at and stated pretty directly, uh, Tulsi didn't actually change her mind at that point about the morality of gay marriage, uh, just about whether or not the government should legislate yeah. it. Mm. Um, she still thought it was wrong. She just didn't think it should be illegal right. anymore. That's obviously better than opposing gay marriage. Um, I don't think it's great, but it's better. Um, and there's some evidence that she's moved on since, although a lot of LGBT groups don't really think she's had a mental change about yeah. it. I don't know personally. Um, she's she says the right things now. Right. Um, yeah. Now, Tulsi's election as the first Hindu American congresswoman and youngest con- uh, T- Tulsi was elected as the first Hindu American congresswoman and the youngest congresswoman in history. She was 31 at the time. Um, her status as a veteran and the fact that she was, you know, pretty hot uh, made her an instant darling of left wing politics. And I, I don't bring that up to be uh, 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 what's the word? A man. Um yeah, I bring it up because it's something that comes up constantly in writing about her. Yeah, like, yeah, everyone people who write it, profiles yeah. about her have to talk about it. Um, after her election, Suzanne Malveaux told her this on CNN. I can't tell you how many people have mentioned your name and said, this is one to look out for. Tell us why. I mean, people see you as a rising star. That exact terminology, rising star, was used by the Washington Post and the ABC, too. She was the recipient of a Vogue profile, which described her as having a fit physique and a smile so warm, it's no surprise websites have offered polls rating her hotness. I hate it. Awesome. Yeah. Um, now, the DNC chose her to be its vice chairman. Nancy Pelosi asked her to speak at President Obama's reelection convention in 2012. And for a while, it looked to many people like Tulsi Gabbard was the bright, shining, and, shall we say, fit future huh? of the Democratic <laughs> Party. Yeah, because of her smile. Now, 
that seems seems great at this point. And she definitely seemed like in 2012, like, oh, shit, maybe in another like five, 10 years, this could be a presidential candidate. Yeah. Um, you could see why people would think that. But problems with Miss Gabbard cropped up rather quickly. Her yeah. battles with the Democratic establishment uh, started over her frustration that President Obama refused to use the phrase radical Islamic terrorism when talking about the problems of terrorism around the world. Tulsi's time in the military had given her what some might call a rabid distrust of Islam and Muslims. Uh, her hawkish attitude towards Islamic terrorism earned Tulsi Gabbard regular appearances on Fox News, who gleefully embraced her attacks on the Obama administration. I'm going to quote from a Jacobin write-up here called, Tulsi Gabbard is not your friend. Quote, in one interview, she told the host that the vast majority of terrorist attacks conducted around the world for over the last decade have been conducted by groups who are fueled by this radical Islamic ideology, a statement that may be technically true due to the violence and instability plaguing Middle Eastern countries, but is wildly misleading considering that non-Muslims make up the vast, vast majority of terrorist perpetrators in both Europe and the United States. Um, now, the National Review published a profile of Tulsi in April 2015. It included a quote from the president of a right-wing think tank called the American Enterprise Institute, mm -hmm. saying he likes her thinking a lot. Uh, now, the president of the AEI invited her to that organization's closed-door retreat later that year. She, Cory Booker, and John Delaney were the only Democrats to secure invitations. There, she got to hang out with famously fun dudes like Dick Cheney, Bill yeah. Crystal, Mike Pence, Rupert Murdoch, and the DeVosses. Oh, hell yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Good company. Good company. company. You know what else is good company? What? And trustworthy? And trustworthy. The companies that support this show with oh, their advertising with their petrodollars. Advertisements. Yes, that is mm -hmm. good company. Yeah, if I were to hear an advertisement from a company of such uh, high reputation, I would I snap would, it right would, up. But use my money for the and whatever it is. Promo codes and stuff. Promo codes, money, funding, finances, bank accounts, all good things. Cults. Wait. All also good mm. products. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through it together or not. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. In just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian cocktail maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get Mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds. Make mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand.
Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great tasting all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to symbiotica.com. That's C Y M B I O T I K A. We're back. We're back. We're talking we're about back. Tulsi Gabbard, T Gabs. T Gabby Gabs. Gabby. Gabby okay. Gabby T's. A little bit of Tulsi T. Oh, T. And a green Gabbards. Yeah. Nope. I was going to be like like the kids say T for, for, for drama these days, right? That's, that's how it goes. What? Oh, I don't. The, the, the kids, they're like, well, I'm gonna spill some tea when they. Oh, oh, that's and, like that's, yeah. like, and that's the yeah. tea, like, like harsh Sophie. truths. And, and Tulsi's a kind of tea. Turner. Turner, we're spilling some Tulsi tea. Yeah, let's spill the Tulsi tea. Is that Sophie? Are the are the kids listening now? The kids are definitely listening. The kid, we've got the kids' attention. Mm-hmm. All so. right, someone say TikTok, and then we'll move on. TikTok. All right, nailing it. Yeah. Now, Gabbard. Uh... <laughs> I love all of you. <laughs> <laughs> Gabbard became an outspoken opponent of President Obama's Iran deal. She went on Fox to express her cynicism and agree with Greta Van Susteren that the Iran deal was basically the same thing as Never Cha- Neville Chamberlain's Munich Agreement, which uh, is famously seen as enabling Hitler's rise to power. Uh, or not rise to power, but, you know, rise to being a warlord. Right. I'm going to quote Jacobin again here. Breitbart gleefully quoted her in headlines expressing many and great concerns over the deal as it was being negotiated. On the day the agreement was finalized, she issued a statement saying, we cannot afford to make the same mistake with Iran that was made with North Korea, citing North Korea's abrogation of the agreed framework agreement it had signed in 1994. When Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu delivered his unprecedented speech to Congress in March 2015 in an attempt to torpedo the deal, Gabbard didn't join the significant number of Democrats who boycotted the speech. See, she attended it so mm. bit of a hawk on certain things mm. now afterwards uh after attending the speech and taking a hard line on the iran issue she received a champion of freedom award from the jewish values gala an event held by the world values network which is run by a trump loving rabbi named shmuley botich at the event she was photographed with shmuley and with sheldon adelson's wife miriam so that's good these are these are good people to be connected yeah, to. sure is all i'm saying Through it all, Tulsi continued to slam the Obama administration for not blaming Muslims for terrorism, saying this failure was why the administration couldn't come up with a way to stop terrorism forever. (laughs) Yeah, We're just not calling it Muslims. Yeah, Yeah, that's why it's it's not gone forever. Mm -hmm. Um, She's actually fine with drone strikes and special forces raids and stuff. It's the not blaming Muslims that's that's screwing us. That's the whole, like, everyone... Every expert is like, don't call it that because it plays into their narrative. Like, yeah. it, right. it it enhances this, like, macro nationalism mm-hmm. of, like, it's the West versus Islam. And that's – and we're in this existential, like, battle now. And it elevates it to that level. And also, it's – what's the word? Xenophobic, racist, whatever it's you want to call it. Xenophobic, it, racist. It, you know, it's lumping all Muslims as terrorists. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's and, 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 end and, of story. And, in in a way that actually makes it harder for us to work with forces in the region. Yes. Like speaking as someone who's been shot at by Muslim extremists, yeah. uh, the people who were with me at the time, and in some cases putting themselves in between me and my friends in the line of fire, were also Muslims. Yes. <laughs> like, Interesting. Yeah. 
Um, now, through it all, uh, oh, right, yeah, I already said that part. Uh, so, yeah. I have a quick Tulsi's, question that maybe you'll get sure. to. Is this her still, I love quick is questions. still her stance? Maybe it's not. Um, oh, yes. Yes, that's, so that hasn't evolved. No, it has okay. not. Thank um, you. Now, Tulsi told Neil Cavuto that the problem of terrorism around the world was fundamentally about this radical Islamic ideology, which she said needed to be, be beaten militarily and ideologically. Breitbart soon picked her up as its <laughs> favorite sorry, Democrat. She's just like saying we need to beat up this religion. Yes. Yeah, we need to, we need to take Islam to, to the be- mat. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's yep. actually way more Hitler-y than... Uh, well, I don't know. There's who some Hitler it, but... <laughs> shades of Hitlerdom. Uh, although Hitler was actually very pro-Islam because he was very anti-Jewish, and there's right. a lot to say about that, uh, but not in. I just mean not relevant. For uh, this. Beat yeah. them militarily and yeah. you know philosophically, yeah. whatever the word you used. You know what? Yes. Uh, for being against the Iran deal because it's similar to the yes deal with Hitler, it's you know. She's an interesting character. Yeah, there's a lot of this going around where, like, yeah. you have like a, a, a an opinion or a stance, and it's like, but you know that that's like just because you're replacing like the Jews with Muslims and like these sort of things doesn't mean that the overall point isn't very similar. Right? No, it does not. Okay. Anyway. In 2014 and 15, Gabbard pushed for several deeply regressive bills. In 2014, she introduced a bill to halt the visa waiver program for citizens of nations whose uh, people had left to fight with extremist groups. This is one of the things where if you just explain it that way to people, you can get a lot of folks on board with. Um, But if passed, this bill would have forced people from the UK, Germany, France, and basically all of the EU to apply for visas to enter the United States, Mm -hmm. which is uh, insane. Maybe. Right. Um, now, in 2015, Tulsi supported a bill that would have banned those on the no-fly list from buying guns. And this may sound perfectly reasonable to many liberals who tend to support anything that they see as restricting the number of people who can buy guns. But the implications of introducing gun control in this way are actually very terrifying to me. The no-fly list operates with zero accountability yeah. and does not respond to due process. Mm-hmm. And the right to bear arms, whether or not you like it, is part of the Bill of Rights. Legally, it's just as protected as your right to free speech. And allowing the government to take away some one of a, a human being's fundamental rights via a system with no due process is a very bad precedent. Right. Um, it's scary when yes. you think of the actual implications. It's, it's it, Again, these are all things that you can get a lot of liberals on board with when they don't think through the implications. It's like, oh yeah, stop people from, you know, require visas for people to come here from countries that, you know, their people have joined extremist groups. It's like, okay, but you mean the UK shouldn't be able to come here without right. a visa? You mean Canadians should require right, right. a visa to enter our country? Yeah, that's wild. So, um, and I don't know much about the no-fly list, but I don't uh, trust that everybody that gets put it's on bad. there is yeah, uh, it's bad. Um, <laughs> yeah. And like, it speaks to like her being supportive of that of the surveillance yeah. state early on. Yes, um, and stuff. Even like with gun control, like uh, uh, people are always really on board with like whenever anyone mentions. Uh, Mentally ill people, mm-hmm. it's a problem. We can take their guns away. W- yeah. When, again, you're not really thinking that through right. and what that means yeah. and who is categorized as what. And yeah. And if you do think it through, there are questions that come up like, can anyone name a single person who has carried out a mass shooting in this country and was on the no-fly list? Oh, I certainly can't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, 
In 2015, Tulsi introduced a resolution that called for the U.S. to prioritize religious and ethnic minorities when granting refugee status, basically prizing Yazidis and Christians above Muslims when it came to declaring people refugees. Now, it's interesting to me that so many people on the left support her for her supposed anti-war stance, because if you really dig into her, it's clear that she holds basically the same views on unrestricted drone warfare uh, as every other neoliberal politician, as well as a lot of the same views on how to treat Muslims as many right-wing politicians. Um, here's Jacobin again discussing Gabbard's responses in an interview with the website Truthout. Responding to a question about drones, Gabbard said that there is a place for the use of this technology, as well as smaller quick strike special force teams versus tens, if not hundreds of thousands of soldiers occupying space within a country. Now, she's repeated this point again and again. Responding to questions from Honolulu Civil Beat in 2012, Gabbard said, The best way to defeat the terrorists is through strategically placed small quick-strike special forces and drones, the strategy that took out Osama bin Laden. She told Fox in 2014 that she would direct the great military that we have to conduct unconventional, strategic, precise operations to take out these terrorists wherever they are. Mm -hmm. The same year, she told Civil Beat that military strategy must put the safety of Americans above all else and utilize our highly skilled special forces work with and support trusted foreign partners to seek and destroy this threat. Uh, it was quick strike special forces conducting a strate uh, strategic precise operation, Jacobin notes, that a little less than four months ago killed 30 civilians in a botched raid in Yemen. You might also notice that eight years of these policies under Obama didn't stop ISIS from happening. Sure. I had noticed that. Mm. Yeah. Um, a lot of these operations seem to uh, increase the number of uh, people who lean towards terrorist sure. organizations. Sure. I think and that a lot of these uh, drone strikes kind of radicalize people, like pull them into maybe uh, contribute. Yeah. Well, if uh, my wedding homeland. got bombed, I would be like, thank you yeah. for the help. Oh, no. I think you'd be, yeah, exactly. Who doesn't want their you'd wedding be like, to be bombed? Woo, dodge that bullet. Um, it's I was at a wedding Ooh, that was a just the other joke, week. And I'm sorry. And I apologize. The groom was like, <laughs> This is a special day, and it's really magical, but what if there were a thermobaric missile uh, hitting my mom? Mm -hmm. That would make it even better. Even better. You'd be like, oh, they, better. they were going for the terrorists, and they missed, but thanks for trying. <laughs> so weird that she is, like, it, you don't get the sense that she's actually anti-war. She's just anti-American nope. uh, soldiers well, dying, it, which I understand it, that aspect of it, but what about yeah, the rest I'm generally, of it? anti-regular people dying yeah um, right. and that includes american soldiers but like it's it's this thing she frames herself as being like this radical anti-war candidate but you if you look you're just, like, you're just saying the same like you're saying a mix of the same shit obama did for eight years with very mixed at best success and yeah. a lot of the shit people on the right have been saying for years with no success and it's like that's not different yeah yeah right I, it's frustrating to me yeah Okay. Yeah, it just seems like she would support various wars as long as sh sh we could just do exclusively drone strike do it stuff, from here. right? Yeah. And like, special forces raids. Yeah. And special forces raids, of course. Yeah. Now, in spite of all this, or perhaps because of it, Tulsi Gabbard's popularity among leftists continued to grow right up until the 2016 election. She was an enthusiastic backer of Bernie Sanders, and he seems to genuinely like her as a person and a candidate. Tulsi attacked the mm -hmm. DNC for its treatment of Sanders during the election, which is very fair, and gave Hillary Clinton just about the most tepid endorsement imaginable <laughs> in August of 2016. It's also pretty Given the remaining. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I, I'm not slamming her on this. Given the remaining choices, like Bernie Sanders, I will be casting my vote for Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Which that's... is basically what I say whenever I have to eat at Jimmy John's. 
giving giving the remaining choices <laughs> like Bernie Sanders, I guess I'll eat at Jimmy John's. Yeah, I will have bread yeah. and cheese and a meat. <laughs> yeah, put them together. And I'll the, eat al- it. the alternative is a sizzler. So yes, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Sizzler's got some shrimps. Yeah, um, the roadside wow, sizzler shrimp is not the one to pick. The <laughs> yeah, this is going to be what ends this podcast. Jeez. I don't know if we can ever recover from. We this. will not get through this together. Not after that. We, we're going to get picketed like Tulsi Gabbard's family deli after her dad attacked gay people on the air. Ooh. <laughs> nice callback. Thank that you. That is yeah. a thing that happened. <laughs> yeah. Now, of course, uh, Hillary Clinton did not become the president. And oddly enough, this turn of events worked out very well for Tulsi's career, at least for a while. Shortly after Trump's inauguration, Steve Bannon set up a meeting between Tulsi and the new president. Hell yeah. Sources at the time told The Hill that Bannon loves her and wants to work with her on everything. He saw her Ugh. as a possible ambassadorial pick or perhaps a good pick for the cabinet, saying she gets the foreign policy stuff, mm. the Islamic terrorism stuff. Yeah, she does. Now, yeah, he does. And this is distinctly untrue. See, Tulsi Gabbard's beliefs on how to fight terrorism are at their very best incoherent. She has repeatedly railed against the idea that improving living conditions in parts of the world that host terrorist mm-hmm. groups could do anything to reduce the recruitment of those groups. <laughs> Wait, she again, s- said that that's not a viable option? Or that doesn't yes. work? What? Yes. It's like the most basic like thing that you can do. Yeah. To, like she... stop violence and crime. What the fuck? Yeah, it, she's she is not supportive of that. All right. um, and again, that Jacobin write-up uh, does a really good job of picking this apart. In February 2015, Gabbard had the chance to question the director of Defense Intelligence Agency, Vincent Stewart. She asked him about the debate over how this ideology, how this motivation must be identified and what common elements existed among different Islamic terrorist groups, including ISIS, Al-Qaeda, and Boko Haram. She then went on Fox and reported that Stewart had identified very clearly that it is this radical Islamic theology that is fueling these groups. But Gabbard had heavily distorted what Stewart actually said. While he did call ISIS a radical ideology that must be countered with a moderate ideology, He also pointed out that the common elements that had produced such groups were ungoverned states, weak government institutions, economic instability, and poverty. When Secretary of State John Kerry spoke at Davos and said that some terrorists were lured into extremist groups by the promise of regular meals, a paycheck, Gabbard attacked him on CNN. She said he completely missed the point, calling it a huge mistake to think, quote, that somehow, okay, well, look, if we give them $10,000 and give them a nice place to live, that somehow they're not going to be engaged in this fighting. That's so frustrating. (laughs) This ignores a lot, including the fact that extremist groups like Hamas and ISIS explicitly use the promise of wealth to draw in young recruits. You only need to read a couple issues of Dabiq from around the height of the Islamic State to see that ISIS sought to draw in poor young men by promising them that they'd be able to live like nobility and get mansions and cars and money. Likewise, Hezbollah in Lebanon owes at least some of its power to the fact that it provides schools and hospitals to people whose government often fails to provide them with basic services. But Tulsi doesn't think helping people is the way to reduce extremism. What does she think will work? Well, she hasn't been consistent about that. In one speech, she stated the problem had to be confronted ideologically by spreading a consciousness of love. Her actual (laughs) actions, though, suggest that she prefers a somewhat less hippy-dippy tactic, supporting violent dictators over their people when those people are Muslims. Mm. It's like... Mm -hmm. (laughs) like... (laughs) Marianne Williamson's approach, but like not, but I don't know. That's just 
I mean, nothing weird... like Marilyn. Well, the it's idea like... of this, the, that's just something that she grew up with from her culty past. That is a talking point that can be said like, yeah, we come at this with love. Um, yeah. But the practicality is, is that she's supports drone strikes right. and taking out Muslims. <laughs> right. Just like the, yeah. the like, oh, we're going to solve this with the idea of love, but not actually materially improve anyone's life. Like, what does that and, mean? Like, and add love yeah. to their life. We're just going to be like, you're do- hey, good, good going. Just, be, uh, like, what are you going to be like a missionary? It's thoughts and prayers. Your, like, yeah. Yeah. The shock, and there's like beach love thing. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's it's frustrating because if you look at some of the stuff that actually helps, like one thing that that is is tried in a number of places is like um, there's some some really heroic people who have started like after school soccer programs yeah. and stuff in very poor parts of the Middle East because it's like look if you these kids need something to fucking do that's part of what makes them so recruitable is there's fucking nothing there's yep. no money there's no opportunity if you give them fucking something it makes them less likely to be drawn in by these ideologies so let's let's try and like that is an example of somebody. Yeah. I mean, that's confronting a, the problem with love, mm-hmm. but also with time and with providing something uh, to these right, people. When right. I was in Ireland and in, in Northern Ireland, mm-hmm. with, you know, when they were talking about before the end of the troubles, mm-hmm. like that was mm-hmm. a thing Like you, you had to like have give the youth uh, soccer games, things mm-hmm. that they can go invest in and like maybe get to know people yeah, uh, that they don't necessarily agree with. Um, it's healthy. And I mean, that's why an outlet for your energy. That's why uh, football was invented. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, I talked with, back when we were working at Cracked, I did a series of articles with a former IRA terrorist who got yeah. jailed for mailing bombs to dozens of people. And good when you talk about what de-radicalized him, yes, a good reason to get jailed. And when he was in jail, he was visited by a uh, a Protestant priest and priest and a British member of parliament who de-radicalized him just by sitting down and treating him like a human and talking to him for months. Yeah. And it was like, that was what pulled me That's out of it, it, was these people meeting me as human beings and like wanting to know what had gone wrong in my life and shit. Yeah, it's restorative it's like, justice. Yes. For the most part, yes. we paint things, uh, if we don't have access to it in our daily life, you start to get a general picture yeah. of what it is instead and you lose the humanity of who people are um yeah anyway so all of this is to say love can absolutely confront terrorism but it 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 it, it has to be paired with things besides drone strikes yeah. mm. <laughs> and dictators, the, the love and dictators. of a good drone uh now i mean look i fucked a lot of predators and uh <laughs> what yeah, the pred- that the, the of the drones easily the second or third sexiest. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good well, drone. I have really no context for that, but I um, mm-hmm. sure I agree with you. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll I'll hook you up with the drone dating app that oh, I use. Hell it's, yeah. Uh, Damn it! I I, I should have had a good name for a drone-based dating app. Whoosh, well, now, boom! Now I'm all whoosh, horny. Whoosh How is am I it? Supposed to focus. <laughs> yeah. Whoosh, boom, oh, bang! Download whoosh. whoosh, boom, bang! Yeah. Oh, I got a boom. Uh, you match. You match with booms. <laughs> okay, more about Tulsi, please. Yeah. In 2014, Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi visited the United States. Tulsi Gabbard greeted him warmly and gifted him with her own personal copy of the Bhagavad Gita. Modi gave her a beautiful message of Krishna for her wedding, and Tulsi gave him a CD of music from her wedding in response. Mr. Modi invited her to India. Congresswoman Gabbard visited and had a friendly meeting with the RSS, a right-wing Hindu-fascist paramilitary organization that Modi supports. The group views India as a fundamentally Hindu nation where citizens of other religions should not hold the same rights. Cool. Now, 
That's all pretty fucked up, but the whole situation is much darker than that. Narendra Modi is not just a far-right politician with a paramilitary group at his beck and call. He's a mass murderer. I'm going to quote now from a write-up in Harrods. In 2002, Modi was the chief minister of the Indian state of Gujarat, G-U-J-A-R-A-T. I I always fuck up pronouncing it. When fire broke out in a train full of Hindu pilgrims. This is how the Guardian's Aditya Chakraborty uh, describes what followed. Within hours and without a shred of evidence, Modi declared that the Pakistani secret services had been to blame. He then had the charred bodies paraded in the main city of Ahmedabad and let his own party support a statewide strike for three days. What followed was mass bloodshed, a thousand dead on official estimates, more than 2,000 by independent tallies. The vast majority of those who died were Muslim. Mobs of men dragged women and young girls out of their homes and raped them. One of the ringleaders boasted of how he slit open the womb of a pregnant woman. There were clear signs that the attackers benefited from state-level support. The attackers, armed with swords, machetes, or iron bards, carried computer printouts listing the addresses of Muslim families, shops, and businesses, according to a report in The Telegraph. Across the province, 180 mosques were destroyed or damaged, along with thousands of Muslim-owned businesses and homes. Callers to police stations were told, we don't have orders to save you, and we cannot help you. We have orders from above. That's making me a little emotional. What year was this? Uh, 2002. Yeah. Wow. When the massacre is brought up to Tulsi Gabbard, she tends to say things like, there was a lot of misinformation that surrounded the event in 2002. The event is a fun way to refer to thousands of people being murdered and raped. Yeah. In 2015, Tulsi Gabbard opposed House Resolution 417, praising India's rich religious diversity and commitment to tolerance and equality and reaffirming the need to protect the rights and freedoms of religious minorities. The bill was seen as a critique of Modi's anti-Muslim policies. Now... It would be too much for me to say that there was definitely quid pro quo here, but in 2016, the Indian government announced the winners winners of the Padma Awards, which are very prestigious prestigious within the Hindu faith. Only two non-Indians received awards. One of them was Wailana, Chris Butler's wife. You know, the yoga teacher who's worked with uh, Tulsi Gabbard's husband and mom. I was waiting yeah. for it. I know how I knew you we do were things. coming back around. Yeah. That is yeah. wild. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. That's tasty. <laughs> what? Uh, I mean, I shouldn't laugh like that after talking about what was essentially the Muslim equivalent of Kristallnacht. Uh, yeah, but, that was a terrible story, but you but, you, you got the release valve ready. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bam. Yeah. Put some nas in that tank. Yeah. Woo. Um, speaking of genocide, no. Oh. Ethnic cleansing, no. Something else. Uh, corruption at the highest levels of power. Ooh, getting f- farther away or closer. Speaking, speaking of, of defending dictators, no. you know who doesn't? These ads and products oh, and services. Yeah, I yeah. hope yep. they don't. I sure I hope, certainly they, hope like, they don't either. I hope they enjoy us mentioning oh, no, dictators shit. in our throat uh, to their ads. I, I just learned that our primary sponsor is the app Dictator, which is the word dictator without the O mm-hmm. at the end, Take out uh, the which o. is a dating app for dictators. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we should probably re-record this. But we're not going to. Nope. And Products. yeah, if you've uh, not downloaded it, you probably don't need to. Yeah, but if you want to fuck Rodrigo Duterte, it's the only app for that. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through it together or not. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Mother's Day is coming, and mom doesn't want flowers. She wants a cocktail. Here's a hint. Get mom Bartesian. It's the countertop cocktail maker that creates your choice of over 60 premium cocktails in less than 30 seconds, each at the touch of a button. Flowers die. Happy hour comes back every day. So get mom the machine that makes amazing cocktails with real fruit juices and craft bitters. Best of all, get $50 off a Bartesian premium cocktail maker with the purchase of one pack of cocktail capsules. So, instead of getting mom a reason to fill a flower vase with water, get mom the easiest, fastest way to fill her glass with the floral notes of gin. The best cocktails are premium cocktails, and the best day to get it for mom is Mother's Day, because you can get $50 off now for a limited time. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother to get the best premium cocktail maker for mom at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot we're back we're talking about tulsi gabs gabbards tulsi yep now in the old t gabs tab gabs in her defense she does not just support dictators who offer her guru the religious legitimacy that he sought for decades she's just generally a big fan of brutal strongmen ruling in parts of the world with large muslim populations over the last few years tulsi has cultivated a surprising support of the syrian regime of bashar al-assad in january 2017 tulsi gabbard received an invitation from basim kwamam a former executive director of the arab american community center for economic services or access the group wanted to pay for her to fly to regime controlled syria gabbard accepted and went on a fact-finding mission which just so happened to include a surprise meeting with bashar al-assad when she was critiqued for meeting with a dictator who'd murdered half a million people tulsi defended herself by saying she felt it was important to take the meeting i think we should be ready to meet with anyone if there's a chance it could bring about an end to this war which is causing the Syrian people so much suffering. I wonder who's causing most of that yeah, suffering. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, just the war, just vaguely the war. Yeah, yeah. this Not conflict has an to individual. end. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yes. there are fine people on both mm. sides. No, she's not yes. saying that. There, um, there's, there's fine people. Yeah, yeah, it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Um, I don't know what she intended to do on this trip to find facts. I think generally isn't meeting meeting with people to stop bloodshed is good even if those people are monsters 
But for, if you're doing if that's what well, you're right, doing. exactly. That's what. Yeah. yeah, it's like well, maybe I should go forward a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah please yeah. give us more information. <laughs> now, there are a couple of things that are uh, sketchy here. One is that uh, Quam, the guy who um, invited her, has some very shady ties to a group called the Syrian Social Nationalist Party. Okay. <laughs> Unbelievable. You reverse it and it's fine. You reverse it and it's fine. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just put it in a different order. Uh, why mm-hmm. don't they just call themselves not Syrians? <laughs> it's right there. God. Come on. Damn it. That is really good. Um, now, uh, the, the Syrian Social Nationalist mm-hmm. Party is a secular pro-Assad political party in Syria. As you can probably guess from the name, they're fascists. But since they're secular and support brutally cracking down on Islamic movements, Tulsi's more or less fine with them. She has called Assad a brutal dictator, but has also written that every Syrian soldier we and our Saudi partners kill is one less soldier available to fight against ISIS. Yes, the real killers it. in Syria. I, yeah, it's um, yeah. Mm. Now, it, not that like you know, fuck ISIS, obviously, but um, really missing some key details of this conflict. Sure. Now, Tulsi has also dabbled more than a skosh in war crimes denial. She's refused to name Bashar al-Assad as a war criminal in interviews or as an enemy of the United States, and she also used her 2020 campaign website to push conspiracy theories. In a section of the site titled Reports on Chemical Attacks in Syria, she states, There is evidence that both the Syrian government of Bashar al-Assad as well as the armed opposition groups aligned against him have used chemical weapons during the civil war. However, I remain skeptical about two particular chemical weapons attacks, one at Khan Sheikhoun on April 4th, 2017, and the other at Douma on April 7th, 2018. Both attacks occurred in towns under the control of al-Qaeda-linked opposition forces. Both attacks resulted in multiple civilian casualties, and both were immediately blamed on the Assad government. However, there is evidence to suggest that the attacks may have been staged by opposition forces for the purpose of drawing the United States and the West deeper into the war. Okay. Now, Tulsi's skepticism here is based entirely on the work of Dr. Theodor Postol, a professor emeritus at MIT. He is a regular guest on Russia Today, who usually bills him as the MIT professor who doesn't believe Bashar al-Assad gassed his own people. Postal has met with Tulsi Gabbard to talk about the Khan Sheikhoun and Duma attacks, and if you aren't well-read on the issue, his arguments can make a lot of sense, but they are horseshit. And I'm going to quote now from an article written in Bellingcat by a guy who is admittedly sort of my boss, Elliot Higgins. Quote, Postal is a controversial figure with regards to the use of chemical weapons in Syria. He first came to prominence with regards to the topic following the August 21st, 2013 sarin attacks in Damascus, where he published a series of claims suggesting the attacks had been staged. He became particularly notorious when, due to his own lack of expertise in chemistry, he approached the conspiracy theorist YouTuber Maram Susli, known as Mimi al-Laham, partisan girl, Syrian girl, or Syrian sister, for advice on chemical weapon manufacturing. Despite only being a chemistry student, Postal chose this Australian YouTuber who, as he stated in a 2014 interview with the conspiracy theorist Ryan Dawson, I knew to be a chemist because I was watching her on Twitter. I could see from her voice, I didn't know her and still don't know her, that she was a trained chemist, to be his only expert when it came to the chemistry of the sarin used in the August 21st, 2013 chemical attack. In particular, to attack the work of chemical weapons specialist Dan Cazetta uh, regarding the use of hexamine in the Syrian government's sarin recipe. 
Writing for Bellingcat, Cheryl Rofer, a chemical weapons specialist with decades of experience in the field, stated the following about Postal's analysis on the advice of Susley. Postal is operating from a naive set of assumptions based on limited experience in a first-year chemistry laboratory, presumably the experience of his informant. The result is a wrong-headed approach to the problem and nonsensical demands of Cazetta. Nothing in Postal's argument sounds like it was written by a chemist or someone with a working knowledge of chemistry. Okay, then. So this is Gabbard's source. Yeah. There's a lot more in the article, and I recommend reading that article, Tulsi Gabbard's Reports on Chemical Attacks in Syria, a Self-Contradictory, Error-Filled Mess. <laughs> um, the whole issue of Syrian war crimes denial is too complex and nuanced to delve into in more detail in this episode. What's important to understand in the context of Tulsi Gabbard is that this is part of a pattern of her apologizing for dictators. Right. And we are not at the end of that pattern yet. You want to guess who's next? Uh, no. <laughs> it's Trump's favorite dictator. It's it's the guy Trump named. No, no, no. This is the no, guy the that guy, Trump literally named his favorite dictator, favorite dictator. Oh. right now. Yeah, like I'm not joking or like no, no, like, like he like, literally said no, my, yeah, favorite yeah, 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 my favorite dictator. The yeah, Erdogan say that about no, no, Abdel Fattah El Sisi. That's right. Compliments everybody so much. It's hard to keep track of how he compliments them. In November 2015, Tulsi Gabbard traveled to Egypt as part of a congressional delegation and met Egypt's dictator, Abdel Fattah el-Sisi. The meeting itself was not a scandal. Sisi is Egypt's leader, and Congress people uh, going to meet with him is not an abnormal thing. What's weird is how praiseful Gabbard chose to be about a man who has jailed 60,000 of his own people for political dissent and murdered hundreds more. Gabbard said... President el-Sisi has shown great courage and leadership in taking on this extreme Islamist ideology, while also fighting against ISIS militarily to keep them from gaining a foothold in Egypt. She urged her fellow elected leaders to recognize Sisi for his leadership and stand with him in this fight against Islamic extremists. Law and order. So yeah. Yeah. Great. Great stuff, Tulsi. Strong leadership. I like that. Jail the, the jail them. Jail them all. It's really terrifying. Mm. Yeah, that's a lot of dictators to be this it praiseful sure is. of. Uh, and just coming back around again to this Islamic yeah. extremists and, you know, othering that's of the Muslims. That's the big threat in the world. The big threat. Nothing else. Yeah. Oof. Now, of course, Tulsi Gabbard is running for president. She has announced that she will not seek re-election to Congress. Uh, supposedly, this is so that she can focus entirely on becoming president. The reality seems to be that she was almost certainly going to get her ass handed to her by her left-wing rival in her re-election campaign. Mm. Um, now, na- nationwide, Tulsi has consistently hung in at around 1% to 2% of the vote. Her main marketing focus has been to bill herself as an anti-war, anti-intervention candidate. But she is not anti-war. She is anti-U.S. soldiers dying in wars. Her history has shown that she doesn't really care how many non-Americans die or live under tyranny as long as American boys and girls don't wind up in firefights. That's certainly a stance you can take if you want, but it's not one I find particularly admirable. It has, however, earned her a dedicated base of supporters, including Joe Rogan, who had her on his popular their podcast and said, Tulsi Gabbard is my girl. I'm voting for her. I decided. I like her. I met her in person. Fuck it. Hmm. Now, her base of support is certainly one of the more confusing ones in modern American politics, and I found a really fun summary of a bunch of her followers at a rally in an Atlantic article. Quote, 
Gabbard supporters are a mix of old hippie peaceniks, cryptocurrency enthusiasts, people who obsess over American imperialism, and former Trump voters. They are also people who just love that she's a young woman of color who always talks about what we in Hawaii call that spirit of aloha, as she said at the wingding. Aloha means so much more than hello and goodbye, as some of you may be familiar. What it really means is love and respect and a recognition that we are all connected and that we are all children of God. We are all brothers and sisters, regardless of the color of our skin or where we come from or who we love or how we worship or if we worship. At a recent event in Los Does Angeles, a woman... <laughs> you might you might you might question that a little. At a recent event in Los Angeles, a woman told Gabbard she had cancer and attributed it to a wire on her roof. I'm now electrosensitive, the woman said. She told Gabbard that she lived in her car and wanted to know what the candidate would do about Federal Communication Commission standards. This is something I'm looking more into as I'm hearing from people like you who are raising these concerns, Gabbard <laughs> replied. A 16-year-old are the you event sure told Gabbard she said that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> sure someone else didn't say that. Sure a 16-year-old at the ev- yeah. Sorry. <laughs> a 16-year-old at the event told Gabbard he is frustrated that no one seems to care about the concerns of young people. I'm smiling, she told him, because I've lost track of how many times I've been told that. Now, Gabbard has also attracted quite a bit of support from literal Nazis, including David Duke, Richard Spencer, and the Daily Stormer, who ran a campaign to drum up the additional donors she needed to make the 65,000-person threshold to qualify for the most recent round of debates. They told their readers that doing this would, quote, make the Jews go nuts, because Gabbard's an anti-war candidate, and they think Jewish people are pro-war. Now, I could go into this in more detail, but I won't, because to her credit, Tulsi has been vehement about rejecting these people's endorsement. In November 2016, David Duke suggested she be made Secretary of State. Tulsi Gabbard immediately tweeted back to him, You didn't know I'm Polynesian slash Caucasian? Dad couldn't use whites-only water fountain. No thanks, your white nationalism is pure evil. So she has been very consistent in rejecting these fuckheads, and I'm not going to hit her anymore on that issue. Yeah. Nor do I think she's a Russian asset, uh, as no, has yeah. recently become a... I, I, She's not a willful asset of the Russian government. She's not a Manchurian no. candidate. And that's She's not what, working with Putin. That yes. was what was so frustrating about that whole thing is yeah. that it implied that she was knowingly uh, yeah. colluding with Russia, yeah. which is nonsense. It's a dumb I mean, stance maybe to take. On, like, if you're going to say that, show us some proof. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. you're just defaming Right. Somebody. Anyone yeah. that sort of disrupts the status quo or, like, causes issues is seen by a certain uh, – Yeah group of people as being a Russian asset, which makes sense, I think, in their mind, because, like, yeah, that's the goal is to sort of destabilize yeah. things. But, like, the idea I, mean, I don't know is... that anybody that's like that is seen that way, but... Yeah. She's definitely, yeah, like, she's she's not a, a secret agent or some shit no. like that. They um, might but like her. They might... They definitely cool. like her. They, they yeah. We know that they've given a lot of... Undeniably like her. A lot There's of evidence of that. that are, you yeah. know... Putin supporters yeah. or work with RT has given her a lot of money. Exactly. But I just mean, uh, yeah, like she's probably a very attractive candidate for them, but it's exactly, very exactly. different than uh, being someone's person. It's asset. the same yeah. thing. It's the same thing with her, the support she's got gets from literal Nazis where it's like, right. that doesn't mean she's working with them. We, we, we can look at, wow, all of these terrible people really like her. That should concern us without yeah. saying, oh, she's a sleeper exactly. Nazi or she, right. like, something Look like that. Right, look at why yeah. and like what are the similarities yeah. there that might yeah. want, might give you pause, not just yeah. like, oh, yeah, she's going to all these Putin Nazi meetings. Yeah. And, yeah. Like Russia today has been very consistent about promoting clips from Gabbard's speeches where she urges the U.S. to inv- avoid foreign intervention. Um, and there's significant evidence that Russian botnets have worked to help spread the popularity of her campaign. 
Um, which is not because Russia is anti-intervention. Russia intervenes all over the goddamn right. place with soldiers and weapons, and they're very uh, 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 happy to do so in a number of countries. They just don't want the U.S. there because it's competition. Um, so they're fine with Gabbard for that reason, and they want to support her campaign. Um, that said, I still think the shadiest thing about Congresswoman Gabbard is her relationship with cult leader Chris Butler. She has yeah. been extremely disciplined about avoiding any direct mentions of Butler or admitting ongoing involvement with the cult. It is entirely possible that she has no continuing relationship with Butler and just decided to have a campaign almost entirely staffed by his people for some weird, unrelated <laughs> reason. I tend to have a conspiratorial view on this issue myself, due in large part to a New Yorker article titled, What Does Tulsi Gabbard Believe? Quote, she has resisted telling the story of her spiritual journey. This summer, when I asked her about the teacher who led her to Hinduism, Gabbard grew evasive. I've had many different spiritual teachers and continue to, she said. There's not one that's more important than the others? No, she said. <laughs> now, when pressed, she did admit that Chris Butler was one influence on her, but denied that he was a particularly... Uh, prominent one. Now, the author of that New Yorker article actually interviewed Chris Butler, too. And while he was as well disciplined enough to avoid saying anything damning, fuck if it isn't tempting to read between the lines of these next few paragraphs I'm going to quote. Butler recognizes the usefulness of a concise, recognizable label, especially in politics, and so he suggested to Gabbard a compromise. I told her, why don't you use the phrase transcendental Hinduism? Indeed, during a recent conversation uh, in the congressional dining room, Gabbard did precisely that. Gabbard and Butler both say that the foundation is a resource, not a religious organization. There is no official hierarchy, and therefore no system of accountability besides Butler's own conscience, and the conscience of those who are devoted to him. In one lecture, he acknowledged the potential for skepticism offering followers his version of Pascal's wager. If I'm not the representative of God and you dovetail your will with mine, then your life is destroyed, he said. And if I am the representative of God and you don't dovetail your will with mine, then your life is wasted. And yet, he allows that he does have disciples who call him Jagad Guru or teacher of the world. What the Jagad Guru title conveys is that what is being taught is not just for a certain group of people, Butler says. It is something that everybody can appreciate and it's for people all over the world. A guru, Butler once explained, is supposed to be a bona fide representative of the Supreme Lord. Not coincidentally, Butler speaks lovingly of Gabbard, whom he's known virtually all her life. As a girl, he remembers, she had a real gravity and seriousness that was beyond her years. Nowadays, Butler regards Gabbard with fatherly pride, likening himself to a music teacher watching a star pupil excel. He's taught one of his students cello, he says, and he sees that, oh, this student of mine is now playing cello in the Philharmonic Orchestra. And that's beautiful. Okay. Mm. Certainly sounds like they continue to have a relationship. Even certainly does. Certainly sounds like some weird's going on. She's not going to call herself a disciple. Yeah. Um, a he's got a Hinduism. huge amount of yeah. influence on her life and her campaign. Certainly sounds fucked up. Um, so yeah, that's she? Tulsi Gabbard. Friend to dictators, Islamophobe, occasional progressive, and possible sleeper candidate for a surfer bro Hindu cult leader. <laughs> Aloha, Tulsi. Aloha. Yeah. 2020 is going to be a fucking ride. Oh, I don't fun. know why you say aloha. I say aloha. Mm -hmm. Hello mm -hmm. and goodbye. Uh, wow. That was really, really interesting. I learned so much about her. Yeah. I can't yeah. to start telling it to people when they ask me why I don't like Tulsi. Right. I'll have mm -hmm. even more ammunition. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Well, because like, and then what's what's after she doesn't get the nomination? You know, yeah, what is like it? that's you because know, there's a 2020 where it's terrible for everybody, no matter what. 
she's been very consistent about saying she would only run as a Democrat. Yeah. Um, so at least at this point, she's she's saying she definitely would not. Um, yeah, she's you know, gone on Tucker Carlson's show yeah, to yeah, make yeah. it clear that she's not going to run as independent. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know what's going to happen. Um, you know, you can trust politicians when they say something. Mm. That, that's <laughs> the thing everyone says about politicians. <laughs> yeah. There's one thing we know about them is yeah. they're trustworthy. I love uh, being asked about the uh, the the radio waves burning yeah. your brain and her answer being, oh, yeah, we're very much looking into it. We're definitely looking into whether or not those radio waves are burning your brain. Love Liar. <laughs> yeah, I got my people looking into it right now. We're very much, I'm, we're very much bigly, greatly looking at it. In fairness, I'm not sure how you handle that question. I don't if you're either. like, if Joe oh, Biden sure, gets that question, sure. like, what do you, what do you say? Like, I'm sorry, you're crazy. Right. That's not the right response. No, I don't know like, what no, the good response true. is. Um, yeah. It's just the the similarity of like we're yeah. very much looking into it. It's like wow, that's that is a that is um, a not? take. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, thanks, Robert. So, thanks for that. Uh, you guys find this surprising? Interesting. Very interesting. Edifying. Not surprising. Yeah, some of it. Uh, well, actually, surprising. the cold stuff is very surprising. Actually, yeah, that is uh, truly a wild yeah. story. Do you want to go to Hawaii I, and try to join the cult? I do. I mean, oh, I love Hawaii. Yeah. I just got back from Hawaii. Mm. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll join a Hindu transcendentalist cult together <laughs> and stop gay people from getting married. Everything is so <laughs> dumb. Just <laughs> went right over that or not part. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. We're doing it. <laughs> oh, no, no. Yeah, we are for sure. <laughs> Has her father's opinions on gay marriage and her family's opinions evolved? I don't think so no. in case, the case of her dad but I, I i really don't you know there was only so much time to look into yeah. stuff i mean was it so all those campaigns in that radio show i yeah can't it's imagine hard to that's, believe that he yeah yeah that's, that's a hard transition to make but i'm sure he she's asked him to tone it down right. I, I don't think anyone in the family's actively fighting against gay marriage now just because like you know they're not dumb they know where the, the wind is blowing yeah, 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 yeah. there's no that. you gotta you gotta yeah. fight against trans rights now that <laughs> you've lost the gay marriage yeah yeah which yeah, I and I, again, I'm not sure of their attitudes on that. Um, but uh, yeah, Tiga, hmm. Tigabi Gabby, 2020, 2020's gonna be a funny, funny one. Can't wait. So she's um, up uh, uh, about three or four points in that in that poll I mentioned. Oh, good. In that one uh, poll in that mm-hmm. one state, mm-hmm. I don't think polls are worth it. Same. Um. Thanks so much for sitting through this long episode yeah. with us, you guys. Uh, you can find us online at Worst Year Pod on all the social media places, you know, like the Instas and the and the Twitters. I'm, yeah. I'm Katie Stoll. Yeah. You're- Dr. Mr. Cody. And you are? Robert Evans, and I think we all need uh, piles of medicine and hot oh, yeah. showers. I'm ready for yeah. uh, re-upping my cold medication. I think you guys sound yeah. great. Thanks, Cody. You're welcome. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, guys, we're out for the week. Until next time, remember if you're gonna join a cult, join a cult that surfs. Aloha. Worst Year Ever is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. 